Do you know what you're listening to? You're listening to Thoughts of the Week. Oh, how's that? <laughs> Everybody, welcome to Thoughts of the Week. What's going on? What's going on? I have a good show today. Great show. Everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to Thoughts of the Week podcast. How's everybody doing? We're podcast 59. I want to say what's up to everybody. What's good? Hello, hello, hello. Phone lines are open. All right. Phone lines are open. And uh, numbers on your screen. And the number will pop up on the screen from time to time. So feel free to call in. I think the last time I had the phone lines open, which is probably for the first time, um, I don't think the phone lines was connected or working the way they're supposed to be working. So I tried another route and uh, hopefully for those who decide they want to call in, some calls will call will come in. All right. So hopefully that will work. OK. Hopefully that will work. So feel free to call in. Feel free to join us. All right. Again, like I said, it's going to be a great, great show. Great show. I had a few things on my mind I wanted to talk about for various reasons. And we're going to get into that. But before we do so, I want to let you know about um, a couple of courses that I think will benefit you. And they're on sale. So the first course here is from How To University. So you guys go to HowToUniversityOnline.com. HowToUniversityOnline.com. And you go to the Courses tab. Click on the Courses. And kind of search around till you find this course here. How to Start a Podcast Real Easy. All right. And there's a discount code once you check out, once you click on the pay button, and then you, another screen will pop up where you can check out and put your information, credit card, debit card, or PayPal information. And there's also a section in that same area where you put the discount code in there, all right? And so the discount code is on your screen now. It's Podcast Starter Podcast Starter One, all right? And you put that code in and it automatically will take $10 off the $19 of the course, which is the original price of the course, $19. And so you will be paying $9 even for the course, the right to take the course. You will be paying $9 even. All right. And so 
also what you get with this course is a great deal because you get the PDF version of the book how to start a podcast real easy right and the book alone the Kindle book is seven dollars and so you're getting the course and the PDF version of the book for just two dollars more all right so this sale will go on all the way from today all the way up until June 19th all right from today to June 19th you can use this discount code and get $10 off this course now what I'm using is the um, this OBS right now and uh, a multi-stream uh, platform to be able to multi-stream to several places if I choose to or I could just do it to one but in this course you'll get something even simpler than this to use all right you won't even need OBS you have something even easier to use it'll get you started for those who are thinking about it for a long time man what I do how do I start you're gonna have questions about what to talk about and uh, you might even have questions about how you can even make money from your podcast this podcast I mean uh, this course will actually answer it for you all right it has those answers for you so make sure you go to howtouniversityonline.com howtouniversityonline.com click on the courses tab search for this course here and click on the link follow the directions how to take the course and then when you check out put that discount code in podcast starter one alright it's on your screen alright now next is another course for those who want to learn how to protect themselves in the real world it doesn't require any physical skills although there will be some uh, courses coming soon that will deal with the physical part like the self-defense physical side of it alright but this course here um, just requires you to to be aware of your surroundings and it'll show you things about that it'll also show you how to research threats and how to plan for any threats if they come there's a lot of uh, information in this course um, information like this people will sell it um, in their courses or in person probably for a few thousand dollars or a few hundred dollars um, me myself I chose to make this course affordable but you're gonna even get a better deal from its original $57 price tag alright so this also has a discount code and the discount code is protect yourself is all one word protect yourself as you see on the screen there and you will get $30 off the $57 price alright take advantage of this because this is also will last until June and then once June 19th hits June 19th once that's that uh, date hits it's going back to $57 but even $57 is a great deal for the information you're going to get it's 15 lessons in this course most of your lessons are between two minutes and some some uh, lessons are two minutes some are five minutes some are 10 and, and I think the most might be like 30 on one of the lessons or a couple of lessons might be around 30 minutes so it's going to be easy for you to ingest um, it's not 
long and drawn out like i said the longest uh lesson might be like 30 minutes there might be a couple of lessons in there that's probably 30 minutes 20 minutes something along those lines and um you will learn a lot you will learn how to um develop and find your safe houses in case you are in need of an emergency you will learn about hotel safety you will learn about being aware of your surroundings scanning and what to scan for because a lot of times you hear people talking about uh if you see something say something but they've stayed they they just leave it at that just that vague and they really don't show you or tell you what to look for whereas people in the law enforcement industry kind of know what to look for all right so this is a great course make sure you take advantage of the uh, price man it's thirty dollars off if you put in the discount code protect yourself for those who are listening to this podcast you have to put in the code protect yourself and put it in one word go to survive and protect click on the courses section and um, click protect Oh, click in the courses section look for the course I'm sorry the course in the name is how to be your own VIP protection specialist which basically is showing you how to be your own bodyguard all right so again the name of the course is called how to be your own VIP protection specialist when you go on the checkout and you got to fill in your information there'll be a slot in there that asks for the discount code put in protect yourself all lowercase letters one word and it will automatically take $30 off $57 so you'll be paying $27 for the course all right when information like I said in here is taught for hundreds of dollars hundreds of dollars and sometimes thousands of dollars all right so take advantage of that okay now with that being said I have a lot of uh, a few a few things to talk about all right a few things to talk about again the phone lines are open all right take advantage of the phone lines call in whenever you feel during this podcast during this live podcast the phone lines the phone number is 423-521-0137 there you go 0137 423-521-0137 is the number call in Hopefully the phone lines will be working this time. All right. And uh, we can talk about whatever you want to talk about in regards to the topics today. All right. So now, first off, I was, um, I forget, I was looking at something maybe a few days ago and um, I can't remember what it was, but, and I might have been talking to a couple of people about something totally different from what I'm going to talk about now, but the discussion kind of made me think to how how maybe it was like a how and a why a question I had to myself like why did we how do we even come to this point of following certain um, holidays and um, how did our parents our grandparents great great grandparents so on and so forth get to the point to where we follow in certain traditions certain holidays and it's gotten, you know, it got passed off to um, each generation, but yet nobody, it didn't occur, or at least I didn't hear anybody talk about it for a long time as far as that I can remember. It might have been talked about, and I probably was so young, I probably don't remember it being spoken about, but um, 
if it was, it was nothing that grabbed my attention at the time as a kid. But I always wondered, like, has anybody actually looked into these certain uh, traditions and holidays and and found out what was it about? And then if they found out what it was about and it didn't make sense to them, did they decide to make some decisions afterwards and, you know, change things up and say, well, I'm not going to teach my kids this or if I'm going to go on and still do these things, I'm going to tell them, tell them, at least tell them the truth. That way, if the kids decide, even as they maybe as during the kids, some kind, sometimes kids make decisions may not always be the best because they're children, but um, maybe they'll decide, well, I don't want to do that once they found out what the facts were about these particular special days and holidays and stuff like that right so it just kind of made me think about like I said I was thinking about um, three things in particular I think it was um, I think I know what it was I was looking at the news and I was seeing that um, they was talking about the Groundhog Day and um, I remember a few years back I remember Dick Gregory had mentioned something and I'm going to show y'all because he mentioned it, he spoke about it and that was enough to be like oh wow I didn't ever realize that but I want to not on top of that and not on top of telling you about it we're going to get into Groundhog Day but we're going to go to two other things first but on top of telling you about it I want to show you something so you can actually see the visuals and um, again you can make your decisions you can decide to follow whatever but it just bothers me that we kind of blindly a lot of times got just blindly doing things and not looking at stuff and examining things and kind of you know being more critical thinking and analytical thinking about certain things and another thing was a little further back not a few days ago but a while back from that maybe a month or so ago I was discussing um I was discussing with my girlfriend. The um, was watch. I was watching something, and she was like kind of listening to it, but not watching it all the way, but doing some other things. But she heard it, and uh, it was something to dealing with the um, the rich, how the rich people would teach their kids certain things, and um, which that should be a probably another podcast show in itself. But rich people teach their kids certain things that people who are not rich or wealthy don't. And that bothered me a lot because it just seemed like nobody's thinking about that either. Nobody's being a little bit more analytical about how the rich are teaching their kids how to amass wealth and make money and do certain things. And yet people who are everyday folks not making a lot of money and they just continuing going on the same path and nothing has changed or nothing gets better. And sometimes things get a little bit worse. And it just kind of it just kind of bothered me like nobody does it just don't seem like I'm sure there's some discussions in people's families, but I don't think it's a lot. It don't, doesn't seem like it because I don't see lives and people in the street day to day. I don't see like things that don't appear to be transforming. It only seems to be just certain groups. And every now and then somebody breaks through and there'll be another person that made a came from the everyday struggle and then kind of moved on a little bit higher. But it's not in um, 
in mass, I should say, in a, in a whole bunch of people. So it kind of made me think about, all of that made me think about how we just are fed something or shown something or told something. And if they make it sound good or it looks all right, we just kind of go, okay, well, we'll just go on and, you know, we'll do it. And, and just, and then it gets out of, even if you start thinking about it, you, you'd be thinking, well, I've been doing it for so long, even though now I seem to kind of wake up about certain things, I'm just going to keep on following in step and just doing the same thing anyway. Right? So the first thing is the uh, Christmas deception. So I posted on the stories, Facebook and Instagram, and Instagram stories. These are one of the uh, stories I put up. I asked the question, can anyone break down the falsehood lie of Christmas all right I'm just gonna briefly go over a few things and it's just something to think about and uh, maybe consider maybe not to consider all right Give me one minute here. All right, that's less than a minute, <laughs> but um, it's just something to think about. All right, so just like I said, I'm gonna just go briefly over these things. I'm gonna try not to get too heavy into it or too long, long-winded, because I want to get to some other subjects here. So, first off, is one thing that comes to mind right away is the Santa Claus thing. There's still people out here still putting the Santa Claus thought in their children. Having them believe and looking forward to seeing the Santa Claus, taking pictures with them, you know, making that an experience for the kid. Now, when I was young, I had to take um, those pictures I took with with a Santa Claus too back in the day. I'm not blaming uh, my parents or saying nothing at all bad about them. Of course not. Um, but it's just a thing that to look at how we just kind of follow along follow along and then it's a thing like we kind of consider other kids if you don't do certain things with your kids and your kids see somebody else other kids doing the christmas thing then they're going to feel bad so you start thinking about that and so that's how you kind of get can get caught up because we're kind of concerned what other kids think and what the kids going to say to your kids or parents are going to say to your children if they find or they get an opportunity to come across your child and might ask, you know, on the slide, hey, y'all don't believe, you don't like Christmas? Don't y'all want toys? Or they might, or if they don't know, they go, hey, so what you looking forward to on Christmas and stuff like that. And so that's what makes it kind of hard for a lot of people to um, not want to fool with it, especially when there isn't a Santa Claus and then how many parents really tell their kids that there isn't one or do they just let the kids enjoy the experience then just let them get older and find out kind of on their own maybe through other kid friends and as they become teenagers you know stuff might pop up again and you know so that's one of those things it, but it was something that made me think like yo is anybody really looking into this stuff and finding out what this stuff is really about? And then, of course, you also, on top of that, you have the factor of buying these gifts. And every year, everybody's gearing for it, breaking their neck to get some money to try to get something for their kids. 
for some reason they gotta keep trying to please, 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 please the children, which is okay, nothing wrong with that, but you gotta put things kind of in a perspective and not feel like you gotta break your neck to um, break your bank account in order to do all this stuff. Because then when you look back, you start wondering, well, man, I shouldn't even spend all this money or I didn't have to for a whole various of reasons, right? Or various reasons. And so that's that's another thing. And so another thing is kind of on a on another level, if you want to say kind of there. I've always heard people off and on say if you rearrange the words in Santa, S-A-N-T-A. If you just rearrange the letters, it's spelled Satan. And so a lot of people was having issue with that. And that would cut some people off from, from even celebrating the holiday. Right? So when you think about it, if it if it never dawned on you, if you rearrange those letters, you'll get another word. And then people will start saying, Oh, that's what this is about, and da 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 da. Right? And then, of course, you hear um, a lot of people saying, you know, that's the birth of Jesus. But I was also told or learned down the road as an adult that if you look in the scriptures, it doesn't say exactly when Jesus was born. So that's one issue. If you don't know exactly what date and time he was born, if you can't pinpoint and say, December this or January that or, or June this 19 such and such or such and such AD or BC or whatever how can you just come out and just say that's when his birthday was who who came up with that idea and who pumped that idea out there and got everybody to follow that idea and like I said I was um kind of learned that he might have been bo um, born in the fall season when you base on the scriptures and and what it was talking about, the time frame and the situations that would go on, like the fall season has certain things that go on in that time period, even today. So based on what it was saying, it suggested or you can kind of conclude or come to the suggestion that he might have been born in the fall season. But that's a whole nother thing. I'm not going to get too heavy into it or nothing like that. You want to look that up research it be my guest all right but those are a few things that came to mind when it came to the um the christmas thing and then like i said I, as as i wonder if people who start seeing something or finding more information and seeing that as a little bit different from when they grew up and was taught that i wonder what or why or if they hadn't discontinued that with their children or even you know sometimes you get you might start dating somebody and, and they all in for the Christmas thing and you might not be as into it as you used to or as a child. And so you got to kind of fall in step or feel like you probably got to follow what they're doing or they'll start feeling a little certain way. And that can sometimes with some people, it might even mess up relationships and you no longer be together because then you got families involved who's gun ho about the holiday and you might be not be as much you and you might have your own family members that's gun ho about it and you might not be as much and so you don't know how everybody's going to react if it's going to still be respectful loving or it's going to be disowning because you don't you ain't feeling this holiday so it's just something i was thinking and um just wanted to throw that out there 
And uh, again, this for you guys can discuss it further. If you feel like you want to call in during this podcast, feel free to call in and we can discuss it then. But um, that's one of the things I was thinking of. All right. So now here's another post I put up about the uh, sticks and stones. You know, the sticks and stones may break your bones, but words never hurt you. So growing up, every, a lot of people can say they heard that that phrase before. And they always say, oh, it's sticks and stones. People say, oh, don't let the words bother you and this and that. As long as they don't put their hands on you, don't worry about it. Which, in a sense, yeah, don't worry about what people are saying. You really shouldn't. But to go a little deeper, is it actually true that words, but words would never harm you? And to some people, have they really looked into it in a certain type of way, such as this? Okay, in the sense of, yeah, let's say I called you a name right now, whatever, you can get offended by it, but still not let it bother you, and it cannot hurt you. In a sense, my words is not physically cutting you like I would, like a knife can cut you, like a physically take a knife and cut you. My words can't do that. All right. But, or you can't get punched in the jaw. You won't feel like an actual, you know how a physical punch feels. Or you get physically hit by me saying insulting you with a word, you won't feel a physical damage to your body. But is that statement still not 100% true? Because we can probably say that words can hurt you in the sense of you can go do something. You can go tell somebody something like, for instance, I can go. I might have a connection to your boss at your job and I might have came across you. We have some words. But I might know your boss, so I can go and I might have a good relationship, maybe knew your boss for years, and I can go to your boss and tell him, Yeah, you know, so and so, I don't think that's gonna be I don't think that's gonna be a good look for you because they this, 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 and if they know me and they trust my word, you know, because of my words, it it harmed you or hurt you in that way, because now your boss might fire you just on the the strength of what I told him. Right? So that's one way a words can really hurt you that doesn't seem to get discussed when people use this phrase. Another word, another thing is like, um, let's use the governments, governments versus governments, this country versus this country. Um, just recently we had the Iran situation and Trump supposedly said he sent soldiers in to bomb the head general of Iran. Well, he had to put in a word for that, right? He had to put the word out to get at him, right? To get at the Iranian general, right? He had to put that word out. So that word, in effect, hurt, and in this case, killed somebody. And so that in itself can, is a way, a form of hurting somebody. Now you can have, again, I'll go back to an argument, like people arguing situation, which this has happened. You've seen, um, when you look at stories or shows like First 48, sometimes you can get into an argument with someone and you say something to them and they in turn turn around and shoot you or stab you and in essence your words actually harmed yourself because you couldn't control what you were saying to them even if they were pissing the person that pissed you off or vice versa they might say something to you and in essence in essence they say something to you you say something back they say something back and then you pull a weapon out and kill them, harm them, maim them, seriously injure them. In essence, the words were something that hurt 
a person. So that was just another thing I wanted to touch on because there seemed to be a lot of falsehoods and a lot of trickery and slickery going on and it just seems like people are just continuously going for it and maybe it's not a big deal to nobody but then when the real thing happens it becomes a big deal and so it just seems like people need to do a little bit more thinking sometimes be a little bit more critical about stuff examining about you know things they hear and um be a little bit more mindful about things all right and then lastly Let's talk about good old Groundhog Day. The deception of Groundhog Day. <laughs> All right. The deception of Groundhog Day. Like I said earlier, I remember Dick Gregory talking about this and probably a lot of y'all who will hear this or watch this podcast may have heard Dick Gregory mention the same thing. And that was another thing that made me think like, wow, if this is just one of the things that they played upon our minds, the trickery and deception, how much more has have we been tricked and deceived about a lot of stuff that we continue to do, but nobody's continuing to mention it or talk about it. And so basically I was bringing these things up to pretty much get people in the mindset of being more analytical and examining things more. Just don't go for every single thing and fall for a lot of okie doke. I guarantee you be a little bit more open-minded, open-eyed, third eye, some people say. Be a little bit more alert and aware of certain things. And you won't get caught out there on a lot of a lot of game being played. So with that being said, I want to take you guys to um, in regards to Groundhog Day. Let me say this before I show you this. Uh, we're going to go into it and look into it a little deeper to, in, into the Groundhog situation. Now, they say, I think it's on uh, February 2nd, and supposedly if the Groundhog comes out, sees a shadow, but runs back in, that there will be six more weeks of winter, right? So let's look into it a little bit deeper, and maybe this will wake some people up a little bit more of going, hmm, all right? And if some people might not care at all, some people might still look at it like, oh, well, I'm still going to make Groundhog Day an issue and I'm, I'm into it. However you want to do is however you want to do. I just thought I'd put the information out there. So, again, February 2nd every year, they say the Groundhog sees a shadow. It'll be six weeks of winter. They never say, oh, I don't recall them saying there'll be six weeks like if he's if he doesn't see a shadow you get six weeks of warm weather or it'll be six more weeks of cold weather they only say it's going to be six more weeks of winter matter of fact a few days ago like i said i was watching um i was watching the news and they was putting out groundhog day and um hold on a second here Like I said, I was watching the news and they put out, you know, did the groundhog thing and they said, oh, the groundhog seen uh, his shadow. So it's going to be six more weeks of winter. So let's look into that. All right. Let's go and um, let's go here real quick. 
All right, you're looking at me right now. We're going to switch out of that. Okay, so check this out. All right, so six more weeks of winter. Now, I just pulled this up here because I want you guys to see this. When spring starts this year on, um, it looks like March 19th. It says spring 2020 in Northern Hemisphere will begin on Thursday, March the 19th. All right, keep that in mind. Thursday, March the 19th start spring so we got february the 2nd all right and i want to show you guys something here february 2nd the groundhog seen a shadow so that means they said it's going to be six more weeks of winter all right so now i'm going to pull up i'm going to show you this calendar let's look over here at the right in particular because it's the biggest one to look at all right and we're going to count all right, I got it where they got the February and March calendars together so you guys can see. March 19th starts the spring, according to what I just looked up, according to this right here. You guys see this right here, Thursday, March 19th, it ends, the, uh, according to them, March the 19th. All right, so here we are, the calendar, March the 19th. Here we are on February the 2nd, okay? Keep that in mind. February 2nd. All right. So we're going to count. We're going to count six weeks into March. We're going to count six weeks from February the 2nd into March. All right. And let's start with number th uh, February 3rd. That's one, two, three, four, five, six. That's one week. One, two, three, four, five, six, two weeks. One, two, three, four, five, six, three weeks. One, two, three, four, five, six, four weeks. One, two, three, four, five, six. Let's say five weeks. One, two, three, four, five, six six weeks all right and pretty much you have one two three four four days left at it so six weeks and four days start spring so in essence in a general sense six weeks anyway is gonna start a new season anyhow so we all been we all been tricked i don't know if you guys get that or see that what i just did and if you count from the Groundhog Day starting with the third and you count how many uh, days and well, you count seven days and count one like I just did. One, two, three, four, five, six, one. One, two, three, four, five, six, two. One, two, three, four, five, six, three. One, two, three, four, wait. One, two, three, four, five, six, four. One, two, three, four, five, six, five. One, two, three four five six and six and then you got one two three four and then spring starts and now next year um the days are even shorter and in, in 2021 is almost exactly six weeks i think it might be a day or two or six weeks in a day or six weeks in two days so we all been tricked with this concept of 
if the, if the groundhog sees his shadow, we have six more weeks of winter. But the essence is from Groundhog Day, we have six weeks of winter anyway, regardless if you had a Groundhog Day or not. So I just it's one of those things where I just wanted to show you all that because we're being tricked once again and don't even and didn't even realize it. So how many other tricks are like this embedded tricks? Because no matter what year you're in on Groundhog Day, when you count six weeks from after the Groundhog Day, let's say we don't have no more Groundhog Day, but we still count from February 2nd. It's always going to be six weeks, regardless if you have Groundhog Day or you don't. It's always going to be six weeks of winter time. We're in the winter season now. So when you count, I'm repeating this because I really want y'all to get this. I mean, some people it might not have dawned on them before, but showing it, I think will kind of wake up. Like I said, if you do the 2021 calendar, February and March, it almost acts, it adds up. It's like this one is here is six weeks and four days and then spring starts. Next year's I think it's like six weeks in a day or six weeks in two days. So in essence, it's six weeks anyway. We all been tricked. We all been following this groundhog lie for years since they started it. So my thing is is when um, how many other tricks and lies have you fall for? And didn't even realize it. We just went along because we just thought it was because somebody said, hey, this is this holiday and this is this day and whatever. We've been tricked. <laughs> no matter what year we go into, it's always going to be six weeks from Groundhog Day. will be six weeks of winter anyway. So, uh, again, like I said, I just thought I touched on that. I just wanted to touch on that a little bit. And uh, show you guys that, man. It was just something that maybe it's like, wow, man, this really, you really got to pay attention to things and uh, not be so, you know, gullible about stuff. You know what I mean? It really, 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 really pays to kind of, you know, be a little bit more examining about stuff so you don't fall for the okie doke. All right. So now, what we're going to do here is uh, from time to time, you know, whenever I'm in that type of mood, I might go, you know, I have a show called Thoughts of the Week. I mean, I'm not a show called Thoughts of the Week. Excuse me. I have a show called Black History Minute. All right. And on Black History Minute. Is just that black history facts for about a minute. Some I think one video I went over like a minute and 40 seconds, which is all good. You know, sometimes I might go over a minute, but I try to stay within a minute and give you some quick black history facts. And um, I'm going to continue doing that for however long I'm going to keep continue doing it so you guys can um, start learning, because I think that's that's been a big void. And it's not really, people are kind of keeping away from stuff like that. And um, I know schools is not going to teach it. So I think somebody needs to put some stuff out so it doesn't get lost about these black history facts. And I'm going, I'm going to go in. I'm not just going to give you the, the stuff that's been fed to us for years and years, the same stuff. 
I got a lot of books and information that I'm just going to keep doing and keep doing and keep doing. I'm going to try to do these like once every week as best as I can. And um, so it always I'll try to make, be, make it like as 52 episodes every year. So it covers 52 weeks. I'm going to try to do that every year as best as possible. And doing like a minute video, I should be able to, you know, it's kind of helps to be able to easily do these things and then um, schedule schedule them out to be played. But um, what I wanted to do was take every now and then I'm going to take some of these Black History Minutes and add and go a little bit deeper into whatever particular person or a particular event or something in history to go a little bit deeper into it other than just that minute. And so I wanted to do that with uh, Lonnie Johnson because um, I've come across some information that he was um, awarded some money and I wasn't even aware of it. But they made it seem like it was like it was something recent, but the articles appear to be like in 2013. So it didn't, didn't seem like too many people were speaking about it. Not too much talk about it, you know what I mean? And so I thought I want to... You know, before we go into the the last topic of today, I thought I'd go and there's something else I was supposed to talk about. So let me go here first. Before we go into Lonnie Johnson, let me go and talk about um uh, I recently did like a 31 day challenge and I just put it on social media, you know, kind of for anybody who wanted to take the challenge, it was real simple. Cause I said I wanted to, I said I would talk about this and kind of give a, a review or a reflection of how it went so January 1st I don't know if I did it a few days before or right on January 1st I know I started on January 1st but as far as posting it out kind of getting everybody geared up to say hey I'm I'm, a, I'm putting out this challenge to do some type of exercise every day for 31 days starting January 1st to January 31st and so I put that out there as a challenge and um, I didn't want to make it like no big extreme out there type of challenge it was a thing where it was going to be something that you can easily do but just incorporate the number 31 representing the 31 days so for an example um whichever video whichever day because i recorded every one of them every video I, I recorded all 31 days as a documentation so that anybody who says they can't do this or they don't have time or whatever i will have my documentation which i'm gonna put it out i got up to 10 days so far as far as video putting it out i gotta put the rest of the days out i just had a, i just had a lot of stuff to do so i wasn't able to try to put the video i recorded the video on my own personal facebook page so every video is there but what i was doing was taking the videos and then i would edit it a little bit and then put it on some other platforms so that part of it I haven't done, but all 31 videos are documented. It's out on my personal Facebook page. It's just that I'm going to put it out on my Instagram and YouTube channels and stuff like that. And my other Facebook uh, business page, I was going to put it out there. So it's all documented. I did that on purpose because I wanted to be where anybody says something that they can't do this or do that or they don't have time. I can then refer them to say, hey, go look at this channel on YouTube or go look at this Facebook page I done every single day I only miss one day actually 
and I made up for it the next day by doing double because I to make up for the day I missed. And the only reason why I missed it is because I fell asleep. I was thinking in my mind, well, I want to do it at a certain time at, in the evening. And then falling asleep and waking up like 1, 1 30 in the morning the next day. So I was like, oh, man, I missed the day. And I kept on saying, I ain't missing a day. I ain't missing not one day. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I missed one day, but I made up for the I made it up for it the second the next day. So I so I made up the missed day the next day, and then that same day I re, re, resumed back to the regular schedule. And um, so with that being said, I just wanted to give you my reflections on it, and you know things that were going on in my head. So I did that. The reason why I done that is to put a challenge to people. The challenge was real simple. Um, again, just incorporate the number 31 into any exercise you want to do. I, I said that you can do any exercise. You can walk in place for 31 seconds. You can walk for 31 minutes. All right. You can do 10 push-ups, um, 11 jumping jacks, and 10 push-ups, and all of that total to 31. So you can do all types of little things, and it was simple. It wasn't like you had to be out there for an hour and work out. It took about a lot of my videos. I would do some commentary on some of them, but some of them I just did. I said, hey, what's up? Let's get it. Blah, 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 blah. Did the exercise and just said a few things. And I said, I'll see y'all tomorrow. And it took about two minutes, roughly two to three minutes at best. Sometimes a minute and 50 seconds, depending on certain things I was saying and doing. So everybody has from one minute and 50 seconds to three minutes. There's nobody on the planet that says they don't have that time that I can think of that can't say they don't have three minutes every single day. And, in, and I mean, now you don't even have to do it every single day, but to say you got three minutes every single day and you can't do something, even if it's just like I said, walking and those for who are not really in super great shape, they can walk for 31 seconds. All right. So there was a few videos where I actually walked for 31 minutes. And of course, I did it. Everything was live. I did everything. Every video I did live on my personal page. And um, some of the things that I went through during that whole time, there was sometimes during the beginning stages where I was like, man, I don't feel like doing this. But I had to keep my word because I don't put it out there to people. And if I'm going to put out a challenge to somebody and expected some people to kind of join in whatever day they wanted to get started, then I had to keep my word. So there was times when I felt like, man, I really don't feel like doing this today, but I had to push myself to do it. So that was kind of one reflection. Another reflection was the mental component of it, which again, in your mind, you feel like, man, I don't feel like doing this today. So in essence, those things that are not comfortable for a lot of people, you know, it's not it wasn't comfortable just to do even if it was wasn't a, a strenuous thing to do every day, but to just do something every single day straight, 31 days, that's normally not a comfortable thing, and people want to be comfortable. And it was time to get out your comfort zone. So that's what that was another thing I had to deal with, and I, I wanted to try to push people to think out think in that sense. There's the mental strength component, the mental toughness component that you pushing yourself and make yourself mentally tough 
by every time you got that thought of not wanting to do it, you're going to mentally push yourself to do it, which builds that mental toughness in you. So that was another component of it. On top of the exercise component where, you know, by the time 31 days comes, you'll probably feel a lot better in shape wise. And that's another um, thing to re- I wanted to reflect on as well it, is that I noticed I di- it, there was a big change from the first day I started to the last day it ended that I was feeling a lot different. All right. As far as health wise, feeling a lot better. And I was also incorporating a little bit of um, food changes here and there, too, with it. You know, every now and then I would still eat some junk food here and there. If it was an ice cream or ice pop or um, a cheesecake here, or, but it wasn't as much as I used to. And I was incorporating some fruit in there every now and then. And I noticed the change in energy levels as well. So that's another component, um, another reflection of all that. And so those were pretty much the reflections and the things I was, you know, that came to mind that I wanted to share with you guys. There's the mental toughness component. There's the health component. You feel a lot better. Your body, my body shape started the shape. You know, everything started shaping different. Um, again, like I said, the energy levels started changing for the better. The body started shaping itself for the better. Um, like I said, the mental component, also the challenge to others to show them that you have time every day to actually do something. It's just a matter of, do you really want to do that? And a lot of people claim they want to do something, but then they do it for a minute and then they give up on it and leave it alone. And so you really had to be honest with yourself. You really had to push yourself out of a comfort zone you're not used to doing. <clears throat> and so those were some of the takeaways. I should say, I say reflections, but the takeaways to that. That I just wanted to throw you, throw that out there to y'all. And so I offer, I'm not going to do it, but I'm no. And I, another thing is, another takeaway is that even after that 31st day, and I stopped and I on purpose didn't do it. Matter of fact, till this day, and I'm probably going to start doing some again. After stopping, I said, I'm going to stop. I'm not going to do it after um, the 31st. I'm just going to see how things go and how I start feeling. And actually, after uh, today is the 4th, and I started feeling like within the second or third day, I started feeling like, man, I got to go do something. I got to work out. So you start your mind and start telling you, hey, man, you got to keep on. You got to keep this going. And you feel like you actually want to go do it. And you start feeling funny if you don't do it. So that was another takeaway from that, man. So I challenge y'all to do your own challenge. You can do it for this month, starting from today. I think, what is it, 28 days this month? 28, 27, 28, 29. You can do it for that. Do something every day and make it like a a 28-day challenge. So do something incorporating the number 28 instead of 31. Or you can just use a 31 concept and use it for this month. So I challenge, and then maybe do the same thing next month. So I challenge you guys to do your own month challenge of exercise. Make it simple, and that was a hope. That was another concept or takeaway from that. I wanted to be simple so nobody could feel like they are left out from doing it. For those who are not definitely not in shape, they might be seriously overweight or whatever. You can walk for thirty-one seconds. Take your timer and just walk for 31 seconds and once it hits you can stop for that day and then do it the next day and you start noticing for those who are 
in bad shape, you can even, if you do that for 31 days, you'll start noticing after a while, you want to do more than just 31 seconds because you will notice your health starting to get better. And those who are more exercise minded and do it a little bit more regularly, you can do it by challenging the types of exercises or by using weight. You can use more weight or do more reps or whatever and just incorporate a certain number. You can incorporate your age. You can do your age challenge, whatever age you are. If you're 21 or you're 31 or you're 41, 51, incorporate the 51 challenge. You know, you're going to do an exercise that incorporates that number. Do 51 squats, do 51 push-ups, do 51 jumping jacks. And so that was the thing with the 31-day challenge. You can do 31 jumping jacks and be done with it. You can do a, a variation of your 31 jumping jacks. You can do combinations of exercises. So you, I made it to where you can be creative and create your own type of exercise you want to do. Just incorporate the number 31 and you be done with it. And like I said, again, the other takeaway finally before I get into the Lonnie Johnson is that um, uh, the 31 thing was easy. It was for you to do. To come up with your own um, exercises. And it was to be made simple. Oh, the time. What I was really trying to get. I was trying to think what it was. The thing was, what's the time frame? And only, like I said, most of my uh, videos. Or some of my videos took about two minutes. If I took out just me. If I took out all the talking I was doing on some of the videos. Most of the videos would take about two minutes. And everybody has that. You heard people say, oh, you just, just take two minutes out your day. Or some people say five minutes. But if you just take two minutes out your day, everybody has two minutes. Even when they come home tired, that's when the mental toughness comes in. Even when you come home from work tired or whatever you're doing, mental toughness should kick in. You should push yourself to do this these simple exercises. And then, you know, you can watch your world change from that. All right. So I just wanted to touch on that, man, and um, give my uh, takeaways on it and my reflections on it, man, for you guys. And uh, so now, with that being said, we're going to go take a look at a couple of articles regarding Lonnie Johnson. All right. So let's take a look at it. All right. And so, like I said, from time to time, any Black History Minute videos I do, I might take and go a little bit, dive a little bit deeper into what it was. So I did a Black History Minute on Lonnie Johnson. And so I wanted to go over some more stuff in regards to him, a little bit more added history. So what I didn't realize or know that he had a lawsuit with, uh, I think it was the Hasbro company, the toy company. And um, apparently they hadn't been paying him for his uh, invention of the super soaker, which is what I did the Black History Minute on, was the invention of the super soaker. All right, so as you see up there, $72.9 million owed royalties finally paid to the super soaker creator. So it says, um, imagine seeing every kid on every corner playing with a toy you invented and licensed, but not seeing a damn penny from it. That would be super frustrating. 
Now imagine how it would feel if that toy was the famed super soaker. Can you imagine being the inventor of that toy? Something every American and many around the world has interacted with longer after or personally owned. Well, Lonnie Johnson had to do that for a while, but now a lawsuit has seen royalties. He was owed in excess of $72.9 million payback to him from uh, by Hasbro. All right. And then it says, did you know Lonnie Johnson features in? OK, that's something different there. So he has the Johnson Research and Development Company, which um, if, uh, if this gets out to Lonnie Johnson, I'm going to use that same name. I'm just going to put my last name to it or or put a name to it, I should say, because I like that. The Johnson Research and Development Company and founder Lonnie Johnson has been in a royalty dispute with Hasbro since February when the company filed a claim against the giant toy company, according to King and Spalding, which along with the A. Lee Bayer PC law firm represented Johnson. Hasbro underpaid royalties for the Nerf line toys from 2007 to 2012. All right. So in the arbitration, we got everything we asked for, said Atlanta attorney Lee Bayer. The arbitrator ruled totally in Lonnie's favor. The attorney also said Johnson is very pleased with the outcome. I would like to uh, talk to Lonnie Johnson myself and find out how pleased he really is or you know how some people kind of put up front so I'm but I'm sure you would be if you're getting 72 million but if you got to pay the lawyers and stuff it's gonna be a little less than that so the suit says Hasbro sold water guns that were visually similar and based upon the appearance of super soaker water guns that incorporate Johnson's technology so I wonder if, if he patented his technology or just patented the toy itself. Johnson also wanted the court to force Hasbro to open its books to determine sales of Super Soaker products from 2006 to 2012. Johnson holds more than 80 patents. All right. Let's go to the second page here. Uh, he holds 80 patents. That's crazy. That's dope at the same time. Not crazy like in bad, but crazy as in good. Johnson holds more than 80 patents with more than 20 pending. The company said, which said, sales of the Super Soaker, Super Soaker have approached nearly $1 billion. Now, what's sad is, which was another thing that I kind of wanted, I wanted to touch on when I seen this article is that how we can have great ideas and if you if you uh, partner up with people, you have to make sure you get your business intact where you get as much as the dollar worth for your idea, your creations, whether it's inventions, whether you come up with music, whether you produce a song, whatever. You got to be very business minded. You can't just be fame minded. All right. You have to be business minded. And so. um I was looking at that $1 billion, like, man, his his super soaker approached near or or probably was a billion dollars or better um, in sales. And I can imagine what he just got back in dollars for himself for that. 
and have the, and compared to what these companies probably made off of that. So a lot of times you hold great ideas and then people just try to capitalize off your ideas instead of trying to be fair and work with you and not uh, use you to get your, you know, get your ideas and then make the money off of you. It's like the same thing in the uh, film and music industry. A lot of snakes like that. And that's another podcast show in itself. And people talking about Mace and Diddy. All right. <laughs> so that's another one in itself. So Lonnie Johnson's resume in seven in 1978 to 79, he was a U.S. Air Force Weapons Lab. He was U.S. Air Force Weapons Laboratory acting chief of space nuclear power safety section. From 79 to 82, Jet Propulsion Laboratory Senior Systems Engineer Galileo Project. From 82 to 85, U.S. Air Force Advanced Space Systems Requirements Manager for Non-Nuclear Strategic Weapons Technology. From 85 to 87, U.S. Air Force Strategic Air Command Chief of Data Management Branch. And from uh, 1987 to 91, he was an engineer on Mariner Mark II spacecraft series for Comet Rendezvous and Saturn Orbiter probe missions. This dude is off the chain, he's got an ill resume. And then from 1991 to the current, he created his Johnson Research and Development Company Incorporated, where he's the founder and president. All right, so hopefully there'll be some other um, cool inventions to come. And um, it's an inspiration for me because I had a lot of ideas over the years and uh, I just wrote them down in notebooks or other places. So I got to start digging up my notebooks and looking at some of the stuff I've come up with, some ideas and maybe try to take one or two of them and see what I can uh, and try to make it come to uh, life. You know what I'm saying? Come to reality. So he's a great he's a big inspiration on that front. And I like that research and development because. um that sounds like something up my alley. Like I can research different problems and come up and develop solutions to them. Research and development. All right. So that's dope. Okay. It says after college, Johnson joined the U.S. Air Force where he worked on the stealth bomber program. Huh. Interesting. Later, he worked at NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab with the nuclear power source for the Galileo mission to Jupiter. More recently, he teamed up with scientists from Tulane University and Tuskegee University to develop a method of transforming heat into electricity with the goal of making green energy more affordable. So he's always thinking of ideas. I always, I, love, I like, I like ideas. I like people when, when they think of ideas. I just love ideas, coming up with new ideas. So everybody has something in their brain. They have an idea in their brain and you need to just let that come out. All right. Two of Johnson's companies, Accelitron, Solid State, and Johnson Electromechanical Systems, aka GEMS, are developing technology. Accelitron is introducing thin film batteries, a new generation of rechargeable battery technology. GEMS has developed the Johnson Thermoelectrochemical Converter System aka JTEC. Listed by Popular Mechanics as one of the top 10 inventions of 2009, this system has potential applications in solar power plants and ocean thermal power generation. It converts thermal energy to e have any issues any further. Uh, 
let me just make sure here so I hope ladies and gentlemen I hope this uh, podcast will go all the way through I got disconnected for a second and it got reconnected again so what I'm going to do real quick before I go any further is just check some things out here that's what happens sometimes when you go live and uh, sometimes you got to go ahead and uh, do recorded podcast so you know that everything is excuse me that everything is good and you don't have to have any problems here let me just take a look at this thing here gonna uh, turn out how they should with this podcast because of the disconnection problems here then we'll just have to do this okay looks like it might be back on here so hopefully we um everything is back on I often wonder sometimes why certain things get shut down. But um, it looks like we're back online and uh, we're going to keep on going. Hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll be good now. It looks like we will be. So let's get back to reading a little bit more about Lonnie Johnson here. All right, so let me see. The companies operate a research laboratory in Sweet Auburn, neighborhood of Atlanta. So I did say I want to, I'm going to jot that name down. The research laboratory. Because maybe I can get a hold of them. And get a quick interview. Maybe pick his brain about coming up with ideas and processes and stuff like that so I'm gonna just write that down and uh, try to make some connections and again like I said it may might be able to get an interview from them whether it's just a few minutes or you know longer anyway Johnson is a part of a small group of african-american inventors whose work accounts for 6% of all U.S. patent applications. The Super Soaker was a super cool invention, but with such a high profile career, it's hardly even, it's the highlight. I don't understand what Dave's trying to say there. And so that was, okay. So that's it on that. I'm gonna check out this second article here to see if they have anything different to add to it. Uh, nuclear engineer, Tuskegee University PhD, and former NASA scientist founded his company in '89. Johnson holds more than 80 patents, with more than 20 pending. The company said, which said uh, sales of the Super Soaker have approached nearly a billion dollars. You know, big ups to that. Again, let me see. There were some issues with the Hasbro company. And pretty much I just read everything regarding that. And so, like I said, from time to time, I'm going to do add a little bit more to the Black History Minute by doing some podcast shows um, in regards to the Black History Minute videos and add a little bit more to the conversation. Right. That being said, let's go into. We're going to go ahead and. 
delete some of these things here. All right. Before we get into, we're going to talk about this coronavirus. So a lot's been going on with that. And once again, the phone lines are open. 423-521-0137 is the number to dial. Hopefully they work. Um, I don't have I don't think I have it blocked today. But um, let's go into this coronavirus situation, man. I've been getting a lot of information outside the mainstream news in regards to this. So as you see up here up top, you see it says coronavirus count 20,701 infected and 427 dead. Now, they, they were saying that um, this came out of China and it, what, it had something to do with some vaccines experiment that went wrong. We're not surprised about that. But um, let's take a look into a few articles here. And uh, matter of fact, let me go to this one was the one I wanted to take a look at first. All right. And this one says new evidence emerges. Coronavirus bioweapon might have been a Chinese vaccine experiment gone wrong. Genes contain pea shuttle SN sequences proving lab laboratory origin. All right. So let's take a look. It says two days ago, a paper published in the uh, BR or Bijor, Bijor Viz. Uh, always the website B-I-O-R-X-I-V.org journal presented findings that indicated the coronavirus appeared to be engineered with, quote, key structural proteins of HIV. Imagine that. That's something to look into and to think about when people were talking about the HIV was... Um, used as a weapon towards blacks. So that's interesting. The paper entitled Uncanny Similarity of Unique Inserts in the 2019 NCOV Spike Protein to HIV-1 GP120 and GAG concluded that the engineering of coronavirus with such gene sequences was unlikely to be fortuitous in nature providing strong scientific support for the theory that the coronavirus is an engineered bioweapon that escaped laboratory containment in China. Now, it kind of it's kind of it's not funny, but when I say funny, it's kind of odd, I should say, how you can go in a lab, you have these scientists in the lab and then somebody does something real janky and all of a sudden Something you was working on escapes and then it's harming people. It almost seems like it wasn't an accident that it that it escaped. It seemed like it's more like somebody had something up their sleeve and had intentions of doing something. Alright, so let's look into this further. It says the coverage of this paper. By zero heads led to a firestorm of denials by governments, health authorities, and the CIA-controlled media, not surprisingly. 
Any suggestion that the, con the coronavirus was engineered as a bioweapon had to be immediately eliminated. The prevailing panic by the establishment sought to blame this outbreak on Mother Nature, i.e. bats, snakes, seafood, you know how they do. Everything's blamed on animals, and then it's always seen to be animals in, in a black country, rather than human beings who are playing around with deadly biological weapons that are designed to extinguish human life. Within hours, Twitter slapped down a permanent ban on Zero Hedge, making sure the independent publisher could no longer reach its Twitter audience. After all, the first casualty in any pandemic is the truth. And Jack Dorsey, who is the creator or owner of Twitter, CEO of Twitter, is not only an enabler of pedophiles and child rapists. <laughs> wow, they're going in on this article. He's also an, an, he's also an authoritarian tyrant who wants to make sure the public is completely isolated from any non-official reports about this pandemic. Jack Dorsey has sided with communist China. In other words, is anyone surprised? Um, let me see here. Under the intense pressure, the authors of the original paper have now withdrawn the paper and intend to revise it. Imagine that. The publication that originally carried the paper now has a warning message stating this article has been withdrawn. Click here for details. In addition, the publisher has posted a message warning that all the science papers it posts as preliminary reports that should not be regarded as conclusive, especially when the science establishment is panicked that its official narratives might be crumbling by the hour. So it's kind of funny when they don't want you to know certain things, but if this thing starts taking people out in big, in big swarms, they're going to have no choice but to put this out there and say, hey, look, this is what happened. This is what's going on. Because people are not just going to sit there and um, keep going for the okie doke. Eventually, you're going to kill too. You're going to kill too many people to the point that you're going to have to say something. And it's kind of interesting how certain people put out information that might be actually true, and then all of a sudden they're getting told, "Hey, you need to scale that back and take that off, take it off the site." Or if you're putting it on social media, they're cutting you off so you won't get this get the word out. Again, that's messed up, man. That's messed up how people who control stuff is, is doing, folks. And that's going to cause a big, 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 big issue down the road when you keep doing people wrong. All right. So that was one article I wanted to hit on. And let's look at a few others here. And let's see if. Uh, let me just take a look real quick here. It appears I'm hoping that. um when I'm done with this podcast that it actually posts up but if not then I just have to go another route and doing this again but um, let's take a look at this article here so hopefully it will upload correctly when it's done um, it's February 4th article the, which reads an explosive I suppose probably say an explosive interview Offensive biological warfare weapon. So if this dude is correct and he knows what he's talking about, he probably won't be on this planet too much longer 
because you know how they don't want people to tell stuff they'll get rid of them Francis Boyle Wuhan coronavirus is an offensive is an offensive biological warfare weapon <clears throat> all right so Dr. Francis Boyle is perhaps best known for authoring the Biological Weapons Act. In an explosive interview with Geopolitics and Empire, Dr. Boyle reveal, reveals that the coronavirus now circulating in the wild, exploding as a pandemic, is indeed an offensive biological warfare weapon. What I say to that is just keep paying attention to how people are moving in particular what you would consider the elite type of people the rich the billionaires the high paid the higher millionaire class just watch how they move around and what you see on TV and what you don't see what they say and what they don't say listen to the president what he says and doesn't say um, when when 45 is on TV, look at the people that's standing around him. If they are standing around him, pay attention to their body language. Pay attention to the news and how, what the news is putting out and what they're not saying, what they're not talking about. All right. That'll kind of give you clues on how you should be moving. OK. <coughs> Excuse me. In this eye opening interview, probably soon to be banned by YouTube. Dr. Boyle plainly confirms exactly what Natural News has been reporting for over a week now. That the coronavirus is a biological weapon system which escaped the Wuhan BSL-4 laboratory and broke containment in the local population, spreading uncontrollably. So I also heard that um, they were actually cremating a lot of Chinese people. As a, I guess I'm assuming the ones that died, they're cremating them as opposed to just burying them. I've heard that out there. Uh, this further confirms the proof that the coronavirus was genetically engineered using the pea shuttle vector tool. That's commonly known as that's commonly known and used by virology researchers. It also ties into the fact that the that independent uh, genomics researchers have also confirmed the coronavirus has been subjected to SARS gene insertions as part of the weaponization program. The mounting evidence of a laboratory origin is now irrefutable. Yet the World Health, World Health Organization is covering for China's bioweapons program and trying to lie to the world about the origins of the virus falsely claiming it came from random permutations in the wild. Blame it on animals, you know. Here's more of the transcript from the interview with Dr. Boyle, which was originally posted on the Geopolitics channel on YouTube. Let me see here if this will show up real quick or if they deleted it. So I'm going to play a little bit of this uh, let me see here let's go with because instead of showing the video I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, play the audio 
All right. So let's take a listen to it and see what's going on here. The Empire is joined by Dr. Francis Boyle, who is international law professor at the University of Illinois. We'll be discussing the Wuhan coronavirus and biological warfare. He's served as counsel to numerous governments, such as Bosnia and Herzegovina and the Palestinian Authority. He's represented numerous national and international bodies in the areas of human rights, war crimes and genocide, nuclear policy and biowarfare. He's written numerous books, one of my favorites being Destroying Libya and World Order, which I assigned as mandatory reading material for my own students when I taught at the Monterey Institute of Technology. But most important for this interview, he's uh, written a book called Biowarfare and Terrorism and drafted the U.S. domestic implementing legislation for the Biological Weapons Convention, known as the Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act of 1989, that was approved unanimously by both houses of the U.S. Congress and signed into law by President Bush. Uh, and thanks for joining us, Dr. Boyle. Well, thank you so much for having me on, and thanks for that kind introduction. Now, let's get to um, what's been uh, on the news recently, this uh, coronavirus uh, in Wuhan. There, there have been some uh, reports recently. Uh, there's, a, there's a really interesting website called Great Game India that has been reporting on this. Um, and they've been talking about China, which they say has been uh, complying with Biological Weapons Convention in recent years. But then there are some people uh, in the U.S. and experts that have been saying that in reality, China uh, isn't complying with the Weapons Convention. And I think neither perhaps the, the U.S. Uh, as well. Um, and, you know, I, I'm wondering if China is uh, developing its own uh, biosafety level for uh, lab in, in Wuhan and elsewhere as, you know, as a type of deterrence. Uh, is, is, it a, is it a type of a biological uh, arms race that we have going on? You told me in an email that you suspect China was developing the coronavirus as a dual-use biowarfare weapons agent. And also, what do you make of reports that Chinese scientists have been stealing research and, and viruses, including the coronavirus, from a Canadian biolab this past uh, December? Uh, and as well, Chinese nationals have been charged with smuggling vials of biological research to China from the U.S. Uh, with the aid of Charles Leiber, who was the chair of Harvard's chemistry department and who also happened to be in 2011 a strategic scientist at Wuhan University. So... Can you tell us what's going on with this recent outbreak in Wuhan? Right. Well, that's a lot of questions. I guess we can take them one at a time. But uh, it, if you just do a very simple Google search on does China have a BSL-4 laboratory, Wuhan comes up right away. It's at the top of the list. That's all. The moment this type of thing happened, I began to, to do that. Um, and so a BSL-4 uh, is, is the most uh, serious type. And basically, uh, BSL-4 labs, we have many of them here in the United States, are used to develop offensive biological uh, warfare weapons with DNA uh, genetic engineering. So it does seem to me that the uh, Wuhan BSL-4 uh, is the source of the uh, coronavirus, yes. And uh, my guess is that uh, they were researching uh, SARS uh, and they weaponized it further by giving it uh, gain-of-function gain of uh, properties, which means it could be more lethal. And indeed, the uh, 
latest report now is it's a 15% fatality rate, which is more than uh, SARS, and 83% infection rate. So a uh, typical gain of function, uh, it, it travels in the air. So it could reach out maybe six feet or more from someone uh, emitting a sneeze uh, or a cough. Uh, likewise, uh, this is uh, a specially designated uh, WHO. Okay, before I go further, um, you heard that. He said that um, a person can be six feet away from you pretty much and sneeze that might have this virus and it can transfer to you from the air, which was why a lot of times People would say, you know, cover your mouth when you're sneezing. Um, people would get offended if somebody sneezed around them and didn't cover their mouth. And um, that's something to really consider and think about. That this thing can travel through the air. All right. So let's listen to a little bit more of this real quick. Oh, research lab. So the WHO is in on it and they knew full well what was going on there. Yes, it's also been reported that Chinese scientists uh, stole coronavirus uh, materials from the Canadian lab at uh, Winnipeg. Winnipeg uh, is Canada's foremost center for research, developing, testing, biological warfare. Now, real quick, it's kind of interesting how they're saying, you know, Canada had this type of... Uh, biological virus warfare weapon and it was stolen from you know some of the Chinese you know spies or whatever you want to call them scientists spies or whoever actually took it from a country that's right next to the US what are they doing with this stuff right next to the US not being mentioned at all if we're if 45 is so gun ho about watching out and looking out for the U.S., then we should be knowing that other countries have this type of stuff. And then for the fact that he was saying that the, um, you know, some of these Chinese spies or scientists, Chinese scientists spies stole some virus stuff from the U.S. as well. That's interesting. So you letting everybody come in this country stealing and jacking things from us and nothing is being said about it right nothing at all is being said about this it's crazy so let's listen to a little bit more of this man real quick weapons uh it's along the lines of uh fort Detrick uh here in the united materials from the canadian lab at uh, winnipeg Winnipeg uh, is Canada's foremost center for research, developing, testing. All right, hold on. He said something about Fort Detrick. And if I'm not mistaken, Fort Detrick is the ones who, that's in the U.S., that came up with the, uh, the AIDS virus or the HIV. These things are being made, folks. Don't get it twisted with the folks that's trying to tell you and put out there. 
in the mainstream TV, these these things are being made, and either they're purposely letting this stuff go because they wanted to get to certain countries to take people out, because there is a rift between China and Trump, or it has been with China and the U.S. off and on, off and on, off and on, and so who's to say that this isn't being purposely done so it can make its way back here in the U.S. To catch some people as like a warning, like, hey, you better back off of us because we're going to put this virus on y'all. I'm just saying, man, I'm just kind of trying to think a little bit more analytical about this situation. It could be anything. It could be it could have been a slip. They could have messed up somebody in China. The scientists could have got overwhelmed and this thing slipped out or somebody could have made it slip out on purpose. And the storyline they're going to go with is it was always a mistake and. This slipped out by accident. They could change any storyline they wanted to change to. But the more people start coming out, they kind of know what's going on and know what know what the truth is. And they don't mind putting some truth in there. You can start taking pieces from all these folks and start putting it together and coming up with a real conclusion. Uh, stole coronavirus uh, materials from the Canadian lab at uh, Winnipeg. Winnipeg uh, is Canada's foremost center for research, developing, testing biological warfare weapons. Uh, it's along the lines of uh, Fort Detrick uh, here in the United States of America. And yeah, I, I have three degrees from Harvard. Would not surprise me if uh, something was being stolen out of Harvard uh, to, to turn over to China. I, I read that report. I don't know what was in those vials one way or the other. But the bottom line is, uh, I my opinion is, uh, and I drafted the U.S. domestic implementing legislation for the Biological Weapons Convention that was approved unanimously by both houses of the United States Congress, signed into law by President Bush Sr., that uh, it appears the uh, uh, coronavirus that we're dealing with here is an offensive biological warfare weapon that leaked out of that uh, Wuhan BSL-4. I'm not saying uh, it, it was done deliberately, but there have been previous reports of uh, problems with that lab and things leaking out of it. And I, I'm afraid that is uh, what we are dealing with today. And so can you give us, I mean, we'll be talking about the Wuhan and the, and the coronavirus in China, but can you give us kind of like a like a bigger uh, context uh, I know you've previously in interviews said that since 9-11, you think that the U.S. has spent $100 billion on biological warfare uh, research. We know the Soviet Union, uh, if I'm not mistaken, developed uh, anthrax as a bioweapon. Um, and you've also mentioned that U.K., France, uh, Israel and, and China are all involved in biological warfare uh, weapons research. So. And something interesting, I believe one or two years ago, a Bulgarian journalist and the Russian government uh, shared their concern of the discovery of a U.S. bioweapons lab in, in Georgia, in the country of Georgia. Uh, you've commented how in Africa, U.S. has set up uh, bioweapons labs uh, to work on uh, Ebola, which I think is illegal uh, under international law, but they were allowed somehow to, to put those uh, in, in Africa. So can you give us like a bigger picture what's right. going on with these different countries and, and what's the purpose of, of this research all these bsl4 labs are by you know united states europe 
Russia, China, uh, Israel, uh, are all there to research, develop, test uh, biological warfare agents. There's really no legitimate scientific uh, reason to have uh, BSL-4 labs. And uh, uh, that figure I gave 100 billion, that was about 2015, I believe. I had crunched the numbers uh, and came up with that figure, uh, the United States since 9-11. That, to give you an idea, that's uh, as much in constant dollars as the U.S. spent to develop uh, the Manhattan Project in the, in the atom bomb. So it's clearly all uh, weapons uh, related. We have well over 13,000 uh, 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 alleged, alleged life science scientists involved in research, develop, testing uh, biological weapons here uh, in the uh, United States. Um, and actually, this, this goes back, it even precedes uh, 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 9-11, uh, 2001. I have another book, The Future of International Law and American Foreign Policy, uh, tracing that all the way back to the uh, Reagan administration uh, under the influence of the uh, neocons. And they got very heavily involved in research, development, testing of biological weapons with uh, DNA genetic engineering. It was All right, so I'm gonna, he's probably going to go into some other things there. I just want, wanted to touch on that and let you guys hear some of that stuff. Here. I'm going to try to pull up some another article here real quick. Well, he mentioned something about typing in, Googling, does China have BSL-4 laboratory? And he said Wuhan will show up. I don't see anything with Wuhan, but what I do see is, if I'm not mistaken, that's what he said. I've seen several... Uh, things mentioning the first one saying only one lab in China can safely handle the new coronavirus designated at biosafety level. That's what BSL stands for, bio, bio safety level four. The Wuhan lab can hold, let's, let's look at this real quick. <coughs> All right, let's look at this. So I'm going to show you guys this article here. And um, y'all want to do some looking into it? You can. You should. All right. Let's go right here, real quick. All right. There we go. LifeScience.com. Only one lab in China can safely handle the new coronavirus. All right. And this is by uh, Nicoletta. Lenice, 13 days ago. As an escalating viral outbreak unfolds in China, only one lab in the country meets the required biosafety standards needed to study the new disease. The lab happens to sit in the center of Wuhan, the city where the newly identified coronavirus first appeared, according to the uh, Hindustan Times. And the Indian news outlet, I think that was uh, the news outlet that was mentioned that was also putting information out. The facility, the facility known as the Wuhan National Biosafety Laboratory is housed within the Chinese Academy of Sciences and was specifically designed to help Chinese scientists prepare for and respond to future infectious disease outbreaks. 
according to a 2019 report published by the U.S. Centers for Disease and Control and Prevention, CDC. All right. The Chinese government moved to construct such a lab following the 2003 SARS, which stands for Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Epidemic during which more than 8,000 people caught the infection and more than 750 people died worldwide, according to, according to the CDC. Laboratories that handle pathogens receive a rating of one to four, depending on what class of microbe they can feasibly contain, with one representing the lowest risk and four representing the highest risk, designated at biosafety level four, or BSL four, the Wuhan lab can hold the world's most dangerous pathogens at maximum biocontainment levels. All right. And I'm just going to leave that right there. And you guys can, um, if you want to look it up, there is the site. All right. There's the article, the article title. You can read down further. But um, yeah, they're saying this is some serious stuff, man. And so... Like I said, um, you guys just pe pay attention, do your research, read on the articles that I showed you um, and read thus far. Check out the video or the audio. The name of this, um, y'all guys can go to YouTube and listen to it. The YouTube video is called Francis Boyle. Wuhan coronavirus is an offensive biological warfare weapon. All right. So what we gathered that some people might not know, some people know, some people have heard of over the years, our country included. Other countries are involved in experimenting with chemicals, bioweapon chemicals. And some would say that it's just to, for instance, like the CDC, I guess they're supposedly for experimenting and dealing with infectious type viruses and diseases so in case something comes down the road they can experiment with stuff now and find ways to fight it in case it does come across um some people say otherwise there are places in the u.s where they're developing these deadly stuff and sometimes like uh, i read earlier was talking about the um you know coming from an hiv strain or something like that that's what they created this from and they mentioned Fort Detrick like I said earlier and um, I've always heard that uh, it's for several years that uh, that's what they created I think the AIDS virus and the thing they always do is they try to use animals and say oh the animals somebody caught it from an animal and a lot of times they'll say the animals came from Africa because it's easy to just point out well you say it was these black people over here then one, it makes them look bad. It makes people not want to go over there. And a lot of other propaganda reasons why they would start using other other um, countries, black countries, so they can kind of take the uh, the spotlight off of that. It's them that's really creating the stuff. And then for dude to say that, um, you know, right over there in Canada, you know, they got this stuff over there is being stolen. And they bring it to China, so... The Chinese people can study it and, and expect it and supposedly now it leaks out 
in their country. Now, it could be very well. It could be because they're playing games too much. You know, um, God has a way of making things happen. If that's the case, you don't know. But, um, or is a thing where they just figured out on their own, they're just going to go ahead and they found out through their uh, spying that, yo, Canada has something and this country has something. We're going to have to find a way to steal this stuff. So a lot of spying, espionage type stuff going on between countries. And for some reason, it seemed like it's becoming an easy thing to come over here in the U.S. But 45 supposedly has this thing for protecting the U.S. But um, folks can come over here and steal certain things, bring it back to their country and then let it leak out so it can come back to your country again and take your people out. Very interesting. So um, that's all I'm going to hit on, man. I'm going to get out of here. It's been enough. Um, I hope this has inspired you guys to um, think a little bit more analytically, um, examine things, look over stuff. Be a little bit more aware of, at the very least, be aware of what's going on, man. All right? And prepare as best you can when things like this happens. It always pays to know. <laughs> I've heard that saying before. It pays to know. All right? And it can pay in dollars and it can pay in your life. All right? So with that being said, um, again, I appreciate you guys. We are going to get out of here. All right. Um, thank you for checking out Thoughts of the Week podcast. Hopefully, we'll be back for another one. I know we will. And I know you will enjoy the show. I hope you enjoyed the show. Feel free to comment whether you're listening to this or... Well, I don't think you'll be able to comment through the podcast listening. But if you're watching this... Uh, feel free to comment on the video, man. Let me know what you think about what you heard. If you are listening to it, the email is thoughtsoftheweekpodcast at gmail.com. Thoughtsoftheweekpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about this corona thing and any other topics I discussed today. The 31-day challenge I had, the uh, Christmas deception, the Groundhog Day deception, the sticks and stones may break your bones deception. All right. Lonnie Johnson, let me know what you guys think. All right. So with that being said, I am out of here. One love. Peace. I'm gone.